everyone, and welcome to Dallas Hoops Fancast, a podcast for Mavs fans. I'm your host, Sydney, and I'm here with my co-host, Martin. Hey, guys. <laughs> this is the third time we've done this intro. This is the this is the real, for real one. Okay. Oh, we're going to keep this one. Yes. Okay. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore oh. Sydney Myers. You can follow the show on Twitter at Dallas Hoops Cast. And you can listen to new episodes and read exclusive articles at DallasHoopsCast.com, where you can also read the latest breaking news and start shopping for okay. Mavs gear okay. and tickets. DallasHoopsCast.com. We're done. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Let's get started. So the Mavs play tonight, played tonight in Vancouver against the Clippers. Uh, so we're going to do a, a recap of that. And then we have some other... Uh, big stuff to talk about. The GM survey came out today. Um, Buddy Heald got upset about his contract, which maybe the Mavs could slide in there a little bit, but maybe not. We're going to talk about that. And then also Bradley Beal signed his extension. Sad day for the Mavs because yeah, like we might have been holding out hope. We're going to talk about that too. Um, but first we'll do, uh, we'll start with the game recap. Okay. I just want to start by saying that I don't think the Mavs are going to lose again. I don't think they're going to lose another game. Because they beat the Clippers in a preseason game. So, first of all, they blew out the Thunder. Without Chris Paul and Steven Adams. Okay. It was a blowout. And then, very next game, it's a destruction of the Clippers, who are supposed to win the championship, but okay. I don't know. Okay. I think the late night is... <laughs> Causing you to have a little bit of brain fog here. All I'm um, saying is that it was a blowout. And uh, Luca basically shut down Kawhi Leonard. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, I, I will say I was surprised with... Well, one, I was surprised that uh, they he decided... him. Yeah. The whole game. Yeah. Let me finish. Well, um, not the whole game. Okay. But um, for most of... Yeah. While Luca was yeah. out there. What they would do <laughs> is Luca would guard him... And they ran a, a pick and roll a lot with Kawhi and Harrell, but and uh, um, Maxi was on Harrell. But the Mavs were more than willing to switch that. And well, so, Maxi is a good. Yeah, so Maxi would end up. <laughs> Do you want to just do this one by yourself tonight? No, let me just finish my sentence. Stop okay. interrupting me. Oh. So Maxi would end up on Kawhi, and he actually played him really well. But then I noticed that so the Clippers started, instead of attacking that matchup of Kawhi and Maxi, they attacked the matchup of Harold and you Luca know, on the can switch. Can we just get to the point? Like, what we really want to talk so about. So the point is that the Mavs blew out the Clippers, yes. which okay. basically they're never going to lose again. Let's get to the topic we all want to talk about. Porzingis. Porzingi. Porzingis. What did... Okay, Martin, what are your thoughts on Porzingis in this game? Let me share his box score. <laughs> <laughs> he scored 18 points. He had 13 rebounds, one assist, one block. He did have two. One block got taken away. Uh, two, two turnovers. He shot six for nine overall, one for three on three-pointers, Five for six on free throws. I noticed that he was focused more on the mid-range game in this game. Um, it seemed like he was trying to get his rhythm there a lot, which I thought he did a good job of. And he didn't. He only shot three three pointers and you know made one of them. So yeah, I thought um, he did a good job of mixing it up. It was more like 
the old Porzingis, like what yeah. we've been waiting for. Well, what we've seen, and well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. what we've seen this entire preseason with him is more of just kind of a spot up shooter, yeah, which he's great at. But that's not all he is. Like he is a guy that you can give the ball to and let him go to work. Yeah, and I think tonight you saw a lot of his versatility as a player. I think he'll end up shooting more threes than three, yeah. obviously, uh, throughout the season or per game, but. You just saw what he can do at his size at 7-3, being able to drive the ball the way he drives, runs the floor the way he, you know he runs it, and then uh, his presence on the defensive end. And if he wants to be Defensive Player of the Year, like he said... This was a good Yeah, this was a good indication yeah. that he might be able to do something like that. So I thought he looked great. I still am nervous every time he goes up for a dunk or, or yeah. something and he falls on the ground. I just, as long as he gets up, I'm cool. But it's just for that fraction of a second where he's on the ground. I'm like, okay, get up, get up, get up, get up. Yeah. <laughs> so well, one thing about it, though, is that he's clearly not afraid. Like the injury is not in his well, head. Well, he, he mentioned that himself. Yeah. He said that uh, it's, he's not really even concerned about the knee anymore. So now it's just about playing basketball. And I think tonight you saw a little bit of that. Um, he just felt comfortable to go out there and play. Yeah, be and, be aggressive around mm. the rim and, and going after rebounds. And I think he had some awesome plays. He had, he had that, that dunk where, where he yeah came. the the put back dunk. Yeah, um, he had three defensive stops in a row. Mm -hmm. One of them was a block. One was originally a block, but it was taken away. But then you know the two stops right after that. Um, and then he had some uh post plays he you know made the three-pointer i mean he really did he did it all he he did the things that make him the unicorn and he had a vintage you know i don't know if vintage it can be vintage for, for yeah <laughs> yeah but where he had the block a yeah. couple of times whatever he protected the rim and then he ran the floor and on the other yeah. end got an and one layup um and that's kind of what you get with porzingis the ability to really impact the 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 game on both ends of the court. He looked great tonight. I he really did. liked what I saw. I liked what I saw from Luca, other than the turnovers, but the whole team was turning the ball over. I mean, they, yeah. I mean, the game is not over as of There's yet. There's a minute and a half left. Yeah, and they have 29 turnovers. Yeah, well, Luca almost had a triple-double. He had 15 points, 13 rebounds, and nine turnovers. And nine turnovers. <laughs> a couple of the turnovers were just like wrong place, wrong time yeah. kind of turnovers. And he was getting a little frustrated in that second. I think mainly because of the turnovers. Like some yeah. of them, they called like they called him on a travel that it wasn't a travel. The refs have been tight with the traveling and call, which I get. Season. There are times it's so funny because they have some blatant misses, <laughs> like five, six steps, and yeah. they don't call a travel. And it's like if you were able to call them all this time. Yeah. Why weren't you? Like yeah. now all of a sudden, okay, we'll do why did like now the players have to adjust this ticky tack yeah. kind of travel calls. And I think it's gonna be a problem of the first couple of months of the season, but that and the and moving screens, I've which, noticed they've been really tight with which that. Which I like because there's so many times some players get away with it every, every time. time. And yeah. it's like, you know, if you're going to call it, call it both ways because it's a moving screen. And what I don't understand is like, do they just purposely choose not to pay attention to these things? And now all of a sudden they're going to pay attention to them. So I think you'll see a transition period. And I think tonight it's just kind of a flute game with the turnovers. Every, I mean, 
Yeah. JJ dribbled one. I know. He had a backcourt, <laughs> an over and back. I think yeah. he's probably had like one over and back <laughs> his entire career, and he happened yeah. to have one tonight. So I'm not really concerned about Luca's turnovers, to be honest with you. He had a couple of times where he had a shot and he decided to pass it, but he still looked good. Yeah. And uh, Porzingis looked good, and they just looked really scary. They looked, and I said this in the last episode, and it's even uh, more true now. They they look like they're starting to look like a team. Mm-hmm. Their their ball movement is even was even cleaner in this game and better. Um, just individually, they they look like they're um, understanding the system better offensively and defensively. They're not passing up shots or um, you know taking bad shots. I mean, the offense is creating the shot that it should create. They're taking that shot. They just they look more cohesive, which mm-hmm. I think. Obviously, that's the point of preseason. And so I think it served that purpose. Not having Dwight Powell, it's like you're going to go back to this kind of learning curve once it comes not, back. I mean, but maybe not it's because... Just for one, it's more just chemistry of one player. Yeah, yeah I mean, be Powell's been in this system for four years True. now, so I think he knows the system fine. He'll be able to fill his role. And Maxi kind of does a good job of filling in. Okay, so we saw Jalen... He Brunson started, start yeah. tonight. He here is his line: six points, uh, five rebounds, seven assists. Seven assists. He shot two for six. Now he only played in the first half, but this is yeah. quote unquote the Mavs dress rehearsal. So, do you take anything so, out of Brunson starting? No, because of injuries. Like, well, I don't know if it is injuries, but like Curry didn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dwight Powell didn't play, Dorian Finney-Smith didn't play. And I know that they don't play the same position, but that does change everything with rotation. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this means that Brunson is going to start. It could mean that Carlisle wanted to see what it would be like, but I don't know if it's a, a surefire thing that he's going to start. Yeah, you know, I think there's a better chance that Brunson is starting than Dorian or Justin Jackson. I mean, I hope so. Because, (laughs) now we mentioned this the other day, we were talking about it, you and I, uh, not on a podcast, but I I wouldn't be surprised if Brunson is starting. And I think that way you would have Brunson, you know, technically at the one. But, you know, he's really out there to guard the one and play a different role offensively because Luke is your primary ball handler. And then you have DeLon at the two, which is perfect because he's 6'5". He's, he's got good size for that. And he's really out there to guard. So those are your two defensive guys. Um, and then you got Luca, and then uh, Powell and Porzingis. So it's kind of more of a natural lineup, you know, with, as far as size. Yeah. Um, but Brunson has, has taken a huge step. Like, he looks like not only does he belong, but that he's going to be a good player. Yeah. And... Uh, you just can't take him off the court. Another reason why I like it is it it tightens up the rotation a little bit. So now your bench is JJ, Seth, and Tim Hardaway, which I really like Tim Hardaway playing with JJ. Justin Jackson and Yeah, maybe. You know, it at yeah. the, those other guys you don't really know. Like those or could Kleba, change. Yeah, yeah, those could change from game to game. But as far as tightening up who it, it helps the issue of too many guards out there because the Mavericks yeah. kind of have too many guards and basically you're taking the minutes away from Dorian Finney-Smith which I'm perfectly fine with because I'm just not that high on Dorian Finney-Smith I don't think he brings you anything I think Brunson what he brings you 
far outweighs anything that you you miss on the so-called great defense that Dorian yeah. Finney-Smith plays. Well, they've been without Finney-Smith these last two games. Haven't noticed. And they blew him out, yeah. Yeah, of course, it's preseason. So, you know, it's hard to, well, they blew out the Clippers. They're going to win. It's like the Lakers destroying the Warriors last night. Everybody's like, oh, my God, the Lakers are going to win. It's like, it's preseason, people. <laughs> you know, Curry didn't even play. And the, the Lakers came out like it was game seven of the yeah. finals. And the Warriors just came out like it was a preseason game. So other notables, Justin Jackson had 18 points. Oh, wow. Six rebounds. I think that's his highest rebound uh, game for the preseason. He shot six for 11. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. had 15 points. He looked good tonight. Yeah. It, he's looked... And I don't want to say he's looked good as in... You know, I think he can average 19 a game like he did last year. To me, he's looked good as in he understands his role and and how he needs to play in order to fit with Luca and Porzingis, and he's played that way. Um, so I, I like what I've seen. Whether he starts or not, I think he's figured out what he needs to do to fit in, and I think that bodes well for the mm-hmm. team. Um, he shot 6 for 13, and that's pretty much... The, if, it's if you the only get, notable. Yeah. Well, you know, if Tim Hardaway accepts coming off the bench, which is really hard to ask a player to yeah. do, especially when the year before he earned a starting job. Now, granted, it was with the Knicks, and he was averaging 18 a game. I know his shooting percentages weren't really high, but the fact is he won the job. Yeah. And, uh, you know. It's hard to make that adjustment yeah, when you're and, a player. Yeah, especially when, when you feel like you deserve. Yeah. When you look at the other Mavs shooting <laughs> guards, like really, his competition is Dorian Finney-Smith and Justin Jackson, and he can't start. Yeah. You know, so it's going to be a little bit for him to accept it. But if he does, you saw some really good chemistry with JJ and, and Tim Hardaway tonight. Yeah. Um, what did you think about Luka's defense on Kawhi? We briefly talked about mm-hmm. it, but what did you think about it? I always felt that when Luka is fully engaged and 100% effort on defense. He's a, a decent defender. Actually, maybe even a good defender because he has really good instincts. Yeah, and his size alone yes. is going to help. And he doesn't always, he doesn't have the quickest foot speed as that was his biggest knock coming at, into the NBA. But because his anticipation is so good, he's able to be where he needs to be. So the athleticism serves no purpose whenever you just, you know, True. have good anticipation. I thought he did a good job. There was a couple times where he forgot that he was playing defense <laughs> against Kawhi. And normally he doesn't have to be that focused an entire game because he's not always guarding the other team's best player. I thought he did a good job, though. Kawhi really struggled, again, maybe because Kawhi wasn't really involved. But Yeah, that's one thing I was thinking about is Lucas seemed to do really well on Kawhi. But I was like, how much of that is his defense and how much is just Kawhi? It's the preseason. Yeah. Like, Kawhi finished 5 for 19, um, and he had... I mean, 19 shots is a lot of shots. Two turnovers. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's like, I don't know, if it wasn't the preseason, maybe those shots go in, maybe he's more focused, or maybe Luka did... And, you know, Maxi also played good yeah, defense on yeah. him. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I, I think his... I mean, at the very least... He didn't get torched. Yeah, he's not your defensive stopper. Yeah, so the least that we could say is, oh, well, it's preseason. But that's better than him getting torched and being like, crap, it's preseason. Kawhi wasn't even trying. Yeah, what's important is if you are going to test out the Brunson at the starting point guard, then 
when you play the Clippers, Luka's going to have to guard either Kawhi or Paul George. True. Because you can't put Brunson on one of those guys. So there's going to be a team or a couple of teams where if you're going to play Brunson, Luka's going to be stuck guarding somebody. Now, at the same time, I doubt the Clippers want to put Kawhi on Luka the entire game. In a real game, you just don't want to do that to your best player. Yeah, so. it's uh, it'll be interesting, you know, because that's the other part of it is like, do I want Luca having to play defense for forty eight minutes, you know, for thirty eight yeah. minutes and lead the team offensively? No, so you, you don't want to yeah. ask that. So I I think against the Clippers, it's a little different just because of well, the matchup. Have, yeah, when you face a team that has so many good players, everyone has to play yes, defense. Yeah. Everyone's going to be exhausted at the but end. So of are the it. yeah. It's so it's the other team. Part of it, yeah. yeah. Um, last point. Luca and Terrence Mann kind of got into it. What do you think about that? I thought Luca was more frustrated because he had like literally three straight turnovers. One of them was a offensive foul that was not an offensive <laughs> foul, and then they a travel and it was not a it travel. It was one of the ticky tag. Yeah, you know, and then um, you know, I don't know. Maybe that the travel is when they were they they got into it, and I think he was more frustrated with the fact that he kept getting called for turnovers. And, and then Terrence Mann, you know, he's trying to make the team. He's <laughs> so got to get in his face. One and thing I've noticed: this is the second time I've seen a player slap the ball out of Luca's hands after a a whistle or whatever, and Luca really doesn't like it. Yeah, like it seems to be his thing that he just does not like, and. You know, Terrence Mann, he kind of got under his skin a little bit. And I think Luca's going to have to accept, especially if teams watch this tape, they're going to be like, dude, if we want to get to him. Yeah. Just, you know, not not like that's their game plan, but they might tell the guy like, hey, you know, maybe try this, that. This isn't a situation where, you know, it was Blake Griffin a couple years ago where you well, knew if you. Everybody could get under his skin. Exactly. Yeah. And when you did, though, he didn't play the same way. Yeah. Luca has never shown. Where when you quote unquote get under his skin, if anything, it makes him play better. True. Now tonight he got taken out of the game, right? Didn't come back in at all. So you know, I think all I all I would say to Luca is, you know, the next time I talk to Luca, yeah. <laughs> well, let me call him <laughs> and just let him know. What I would say to Luca if I was the coaching staff is just, you know, clearly players might do this throughout the season if it bothers you learn to not yeah. be bothered by it and that's it's part happen that's any player in the nba yeah. that's new especially if you're a star it takes you a little bit of time to understand how to not let that stuff get under your skin yeah so I, i'm not really that concerned about it yeah so um but that's it it's their final preseason game they win it 102 to 87 uh the regular season starts next wednesday and um do you think dirk will be at the game no. Yeah. No, I think he... He doesn't want to draw too much attention yeah, to himself. I think yeah. uh, later on in the season, he'll come in after they've established themselves and not make it about him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are our thoughts. Send us a message on Twitter at Dallas Hoopscast or me at underscore Sydney Myers. Let or me know. at... Oh. You're not on Twitter. Yeah. You're not cool. <laughs> but let us know what you think about preseason. Um, how do you feel they're coming together as a team? They're, the rotations and the lineups that you've seen, what would you like to see for the starting lineup? Send us a message on that. But that's the game. Let's get to some other um, big things that have happened this week and today. Okay, so the GM survey came out today. Uh, there's a lot of 
lot of good talking points in here. The Mavericks showed up a few times, and so uh, we're going to get to those. We're not going to go through every question. I think we just have some highlighted. Uh, one that I wanted to start with was uh, the question, well, it wasn't really a question, but rank the top four teams in the Western Conference. Obviously, the Mavericks are not a top four team. The results were uh, LA Clippers, Denver Nuggets, LA Lakers, Utah Jazz. And then also getting votes were the Houston Rockets, Golden State Warriors, Portland Trailblazers, and San Antonio Spurs. But the top four vote getters were Clippers, Lakers, Utah. Um, also in that order, which I think maybe that means they expect them to finish in that order, or those were just the top four vote getters. Um, I don't have any problems. Clippers, yes, definitely. Denver, yeah. I've heard talk that they could finish with the best record in the NBA, and I totally see that happening. Um, the Lakers, yeah. I mean, I'm not totally sold on their supporting cast. I think people are seeing LeBron and Davis and are just kind of going all in on that. And it's like, I mean, I can't really blame you for that. But, I mean, I have questions about Rondo and JaVale McGee and Danny Green. You know, he can go through... Um, like long stretches where his shot just does not go in. Um, so I have question marks about that, but really Utah, I'm people are really high. They come up later on in this survey. People are really high on them and I'm just not. I mean, <laughs> okay. Why? <laughs> just, I mean, I think they're going to be a good team. They made some great acquisitions getting um, bogged. I get all Boyan of these bitches. Yeah. Boyan Bogdanovich. <laughs> that sounded like something else. They got him. Uh, Mike Conley. Uh, obviously, their core with Donovan Mitchell and uh, Rudy Gobert is still there. They lost uh, Derek Favors, but we never really thought that highly of him anyway. They did make some great acquisitions. Yeah, and Jingles. They, yeah. And they, you know, they still have a great core. They are going to be better. But people talk about them like being the number one seed, maybe coming out of the West. I'm just not buying that because, first of all, Donovan Mitchell, he's still the Mitchell that struggled last year. And what? I think people are expecting them, him to turn it around to be better. But the last vision we have of him is not good. You know, like he would have to prove that wrong before I think all of these assumptions can be made. Yeah, because they don't have a, right now, a true superstar. Donovan yeah. Mitchell would have to take that exactly. next step and become that guy. And, uh, you know, it's possible. It's going into his third year, so he could very well make a or take a leap. I'm not very high. I know everybody's so high on Mike Conley. Most underrated point I guard. Know. Okay. You know, constantly. <laughs> Mike Conley, Mike Conley, Mike Conley. Yes. And yet, if he were that good, then... He would be that good. Yes. Yeah, he like, would have won more. He would have been all-star. He wouldn't be underrated. Yes. Yeah. Because so, he would be that good. And that, that's... Is he a quality point guard? Yes. Absolutely. Is he leaps and bounds ahead of Ricky Rubio? I, I honestly don't think so. I think if anybody's underrated, it's Ricky Rubio. Rick, Rubio's a really good defender. He's a really good game manager, really good passer. He doesn't turn the ball over. He He's smart. Rubio is a really good point guard for that the team. The problem is his scoring. He can't really score. But, you know, interestingly, that's kind of the question I have about Conley, too, is he's never been a great shooter. Like, for his career, 40%, he's yeah. 44% overall. And then from the three-point line, it's 37.5%. Which, which isn't is, bad, yeah. It's not that's terrible, not but he's had seasons just a couple seasons ago 
he shot 31%. Couple of seasons before that, thirty six percent. He's had numerous seasons at thirty six percent, and he's just never like everyone has always known. Conley is not a great shooter, but then suddenly when he goes to the Jazz, it's like, oh, he's going to help spread the floor yeah, for see, Donovan I, Mitchell. And I'm like, um, no. I've he's always not. <laughs> felt that uh, people just ignored his field goal percentages. Yeah. Um, as if you know, with everybody else, they they have a purpose or they they mean something but with mike conley because he's so underrated in this and that it can't they don't pay attention to the actual he shot 43.8 percent overall the year before that 38 year before that 46 year before that 42 i mean it's really inconsistent yeah and, and he he is a great player and he was a big part of why the grizzlies were so good you know during their heyday especially you know the the way that he contributed um, to the grindhouse and, and the defensive mentality that they had, he was a big part of that, and he is a very good point guard. But I don't see that as addition, that addition as like taking them over the top. Yeah, and I especially have a problem with people saying or having that opinion because it's my of Conley. his shooting or the yeah. way that he'll be able to spread the floor. I just I don't see that. Yeah, I, I don't either. I don't feel like the Jazz had a problem with spreading the floor because yeah, I know Rubio wasn't but they had the Joe best shooter. Ingles. They had Ingles. I mean, um, and Donovan is a, a scorer. Donovan Mitchell and a is a shooter. scorer. Yeah, and then um, Rudy Gobert with the pick and roll. Exactly. So I, I didn't feel like that was their their problem. Um, but you know, we'll see. I, I'm not, I think Utah will be a good regular season team. Yeah. I don't know if they'll ever actually get over the hump and win a championship with that squad. Yeah. I mean, I think that they'll be good and I Mm -hmm. think Conley is a very good addition. I just don't think it makes them as good as people are saying. And so that's kind of what I have a problem with, but you know, for, for them to like, you know, say at this, they have Clippers, Denver, Lakers, Utah. Utah got the fourth most votes for the top teams in the West. So let's say that we have him fi- have them finishing fourth. I mean, I, I, I'm okay with that. I think that could happen, but I don't think they're going to be number one or two, and I don't think they're going to come well, out of the West. Well, even if they are, yeah, even if they are record-wise. They're not going to come season, out of the West. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not going to, when they face the Clippers or the Lakers, uh, you know, unless Donovan Mitchell becomes a bona fide actual superstar Stud. and and delivers when when it needs when he needs to deliver the most, then then they'll be fine. But until then, they're going to be eliminated. Yeah. I'm looking at more from the point of view of like I'm taking what just happened in the past year or so with um, Donovan Mitchell and then with Conley, what he's been. I'm taking what we have. And then this is what I mm-hmm. think it'll be like. Whereas I think a lot of other people are making assumptions about what Mitchell will be like or what Conley is going to, you know, for some reason, suddenly be able to spread the floor for them. Like, I think they're making a lot of assumptions and all of those things could happen. Yeah. But like that's they would have to prove the past wrong. They, also, they would have to change things. They also talk about Mike forever. Conley being uh, the defensive stopper for Donovan yeah. Mitchell. But that's what Rubio was. Like Rubio doesn't get any credit for his defense, but he's actually a really good defender. And he was always guarding James Harden or Joe Ingles was guarding yeah. James Harden. So, you know, I don't see that. And and Conley, in my personal opinion, the fact that he gets considered underrated so much makes him overrated to It'll, me. You can only get underrated so many times before it's just not a valid point yeah. anymore, before you're yeah. not underrated anymore. And it's just... It's is he a good player? Yes. Is he 
an all-star or is he the uh, savior savior of the team? No, if he were an all-star or if he was as good as everybody says, he would have been an all-star. Yeah. But he's just not on the same level as some of these other great point guards in the league. Okay, um, let's not harp. Let's. I feel like we're trashing Mike Conley too much. If, <laughs> I mean, I think he's a good player. It's just what the yeah. way that people are talking mm-hmm. about him. Um, you wanted to talk about the Clippers? Yeah, the Clippers, I don't know. I mean, it's so hard to say. I feel like I'm the only person in the world that doesn't think <laughs> that highly of them. And I know Kawhi just won the championship. Okay. Yeah. I know he did. You're doubting the guy that just won finals. Okay. MVP. I don't know but if you can make let's it work. be honest here. If Clay and Durant were healthy, he's not winning. And then is he considered the best player in the league? No. Okay. But That's because fair. he hit a team that literally was Steph against them. Yeah. You know, yeah, they, they won. So is he a great player? Yes. Is Paul George a but great player? I mean, yes. he has won finals MVP even before that. Yes. Okay. So, but I mean, averaging still... 17 a game, let's not <laughs> he... act like he went out there and dropped 35. Yeah. He won it because it was the Spurs. Who else were you going to give it to? Everybody Popovich. averaged 17 points a game. Popovich should have won. Yes, probably. MVP. So, yeah. So, and then I, I don't like the fact that they don't have any diversity between um, Kawhi and Paul George. They're the well, same. They're, they're they are the, the same, same position. Yes. And yeah. people say, but they're diverse. They shoot threes. They try. Yes. But they both do the same thing. And at that position. Yes. Yeah. And so like in, in this uh, GM survey, they have Paul George as a shooting guard. Yeah. I thought and that it's was like, interesting. Okay, yeah. Who are he's, the top four shooting guards? Paul George. What? what? Yeah. I, I never <laughs> he's knew. He's a forward. Yeah. So one of them is going to have to play the four. Another problem is their projected starting center is Montrez Harrell. Hmm. He's six eight. Don't get me wrong. He's a bulldog. You know everybody's <laughs> going to talk about how great he is, and he is a a good player, but he cannot defend the paint. In my opinion, he's too small. He can't at six eight. You can't. Is he going to guard Porzingis? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, he he might. He's yeah. So I I would be curious to see how that goes with the pick and roll with Luca, and it's probably going to be Kawhi guarding Luca. And Montrez guarding Porzingis. And I'd be curious to see how it goes. I personally don't think it's going to go very well for the Clippers because Harold, I mean, he's, he's too short. short. Yeah. And so even if he closes out on Porzingis, then, yeah. I mean, he's Luca's his height. So when Luca drives it, there's no resistance there at the rim. So I, I don't like that. I think they're going to get eaten alive on the rebounds. It I'm the only on person. The- hold on. I, I'm not done yet. Uh, yeah. You go. I'm you the only person. Preach it. In the planet, that's not that high on the Clippers. In the but planet, on the planet. Are you inside? Your face. Move on. Let's okay. go. Uh, Paul George has actually played shooting guard seventeen percent of his career, seventy percent of games in his career. So it's not. I mean, it's like okay, you know, that's a really big shooting yeah. guard. Yeah. So, but anyways, okay. Um, so that's top four teams in the West. Hopefully, next year the Mavs will be on there. I think that's a that's a good target. Um, who will win MVP? So Giannis got the most votes here. I think one thing that's notable is that James Harden wasn't in the top five. Which is a little strange. I mean, the dude's going to drop 35, 37 points a game this year again. Yeah, but it's all... People are catching on. It's just, it's empty numbers. It's just not the same. And and don't get me wrong. He does that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you score those points. That happens. That's for real. I get it. And it's not easy to do that. But it's not the same. The way that... 
um, Steph Curry elevates players yeah. around him, or or Giannis, or LeBron. Yeah, but people like Harden can win games for his team by his scoring, but that doesn't mean he made the team better or he made his teammates better. And I think the the proof of that is the fact that they don't win in the playoffs. Well, and also they don't win because, well, first of all, his performance goes way down in the playoffs. Yeah. He's just not the same see, player. see, if he was the kind of player that made others around him better, that wouldn't matter so much. Yeah. Like Steph Curry see, sometimes uh, struggles in the playoffs, but because he makes others around him better, they still win. I agree, but a lot of people are going to say, what are you talking about? He averages like 11 assists a game. That's not yeah, the same so as making Westbrook. Yeah. I mean, Kobe Bryant selfish. averaged yeah. over five assists a game. Yeah, everybody knew he was like one yeah. of the most selfish players. When they got Steve Nash, he started averaging double digit assists just to just show to, Steve Nash. Yeah, hey, I could have yeah. been a better point guard than yeah. you. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Another highlighted question I had. Um, so Luca is on this one. If you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? Number one is Giannis with 86% of the votes, so that's pretty much done. But Luca is on here, too. He got 7% of the votes. You brought out that... That's one team's that's Donnie vote, Nelson. so obviously <laughs> that's Donnie Nelson. But I, I yeah. have a, a problem. Okay. And, of course, Anthony Davis is, is voted... It's got to be from the Lakers. It yeah, because he be. also if, has 7%. Yeah, there's only 30 teams. So 7%, yeah, that's one team. Yes. That's one GM. It was so Donnie I agree Nelson. with uh, Giannis, but personally, I'm I'm picking Luka just because... Yeah, but Giannis just won MVP. I mean, how do you yeah, not... Like, but, it should by default go to the MVP unless that guy is older. And just not going to convince me. <laughs> I'm taking Lukey every time. Lukey. Okay. Um, next question that I thought was interesting... Which player is most likely to have a breakout season in 2019, yeah. 2020? Darren so, Fox was on here yeah, as Aaron number one. Darren Fox is number one at like, 19%. Didn't he just have his break? Like, how how good are you <laughs> expecting Darren Fox to, to be? Like, I felt like 17 points and seven assists is a really good year. And, you know, how? what are you expecting from him? Jeez, yeah, Louise. He shot 46% overall. I mean, I. I mean, usually you yeah. make a, a nice jump going into your third year, but it's not breakout type season. Like yeah. Jaron Jackson is on here. I get that. It's his second year. Jason Tatum the is going to have a breakout yes, year. <laughs> the great Jason Tatum is on here. Maybe I should. I mean, this is GMs in the league. Of course, yeah, this we, is 11%. So that so means that's like Boston two teams. <laughs> and, and I don't know, you somebody know. else. Yeah. So, yeah, I. I Jaron Jackson Jr. is on there. I've, Brandon I've heard Ingram. that too. Brandon Ingram. Like, okay, dude, Brandon, what is this going his sixth season now yeah. or something? Brandon Ingram could have a breakout year because he came out of the draft with a ton of potential. I mean, people were comparing him to Kevin Durant, mostly just because he has the same body type and kind of plays the same way. But talent-wise, it just hasn't been there. But since the potential was there and he has all the physical tools – he could have a breakout season. I just doubt it because I don't think he has the skill for it. And I know people are talking about because he's in a different situation on a different team. That is valid. And I think that's one reason to have the hope. Again, like I said, he could have a breakout year. But, I mean, my guess is that he's not going to. But I think he's going to do the same. You same know, thing he's done. Yeah, yet. and it's a lot of empty points. Like, they don't actually contribute to win. So he'll... He'll probably average 17, 18 a game on low shooting percentage or good shooting percentage. Who knows? 
and then uh, but it it won't really have an impact on the team's win losses. One player also receiving votes, Zion Williamson. Like, does that count if you're a rookie for having a breakout season? Yeah. He's on there. Is that like? Does that meet the definition of a breakout season? You know, like I everybody guess so, but... is obsessed <laughs> with Zion, and it's really starting to bother me. Uh, okay, um, next question I had highlighted: What was the most underrated player acquisition? Uh, so Mike Conley was number one, and that's obviously I had a underrated. With that. Yes. <laughs> Um, Boyan Bogdanovich, number okay. two, again, the Utah Jazz. How can it be underrated when that's everything, that's all anybody's been talking about yeah. is Mike Conley. So how is that an underrated rule, like clear yeah. or a move? Everybody's thought <laughs> that that's a great yeah. move. Malcolm Brogdon to Indiana was 11%. Yes. Yeah. Jeremy Grant. I think the reason I highlighted this was probably because of Mike Conley. I wanted to talk about that. I think I also expected to be Porzingis on here, but I don't know why because that well, wasn't technically that he, was a trade, yeah, not a last, summer and that was a last, so, yeah, it was yeah. a summer acquisition. Um, next question I had highlighted: Which team will be most improved in 2019-2020? The Mavs are second on here; they got 21 percent of the votes, and I think that's I think that's fair. I mean, if you look at teams that could make a big leap. Uh, you know, other teams got better, and they will be you know, like the better, Clippers, but like significantly better compared to the wins they had last year. Yeah, I think the Mavs yeah. qualified for Agreed. that. I mean, it's basically like having an okay team and then bringing in like mm-hmm. your MVP that was out for a season. Now, obviously, Porzingis didn't. I know he's not an MVP level player, but for the Knicks, he was their MVP. So it would be just like if he were coming back. So. I think that's I think that's a good sign. I mean, GMs, people around the league obviously respect the Mavs mm-hmm. as a team and that are gonna be good this year. So that was that was encouraging. I like seeing that. Um question another question I had highlighted, which rookie will be the best player in five years? So the reason I highlighted this one is because last year's of votes. last year's votes, <laughs> yeah. So last year's votes were DeAndre Ayton and Jaron Jackson. They tied for number one at 27%. Um, the disrespect. Yeah, I have a problem with both, obviously, because they're not Luka. But they both will see. Last they, year, Luka was projected to win Rookie of the Year. Yeah, and that's what surprised me. Mm-hmm. He was projected to win Rookie of the Year, but, to, but, not, but not, be, not to be. The, and, and yet this year, it's the same. Yeah, and, and even Trey Young. I, I was like, okay, if Luka isn't going to be that, then Trey Young. But he, it was Jaron Jackson Jr., DeAndre Ayton, neither of which know. But second of all, DeAndre Ayton has really... He didn't. I mean, he had an okay rookie season. Sixteen and ten. Yeah. Like, if, if it wasn't for Luca and Trey. Yeah, he would have won rookie yeah. of the year. But in preseason, I like he's kind of struggled. Hasn't gone to the free throw line like at all. They're not really running the offense through him, or he hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities. I don't know if that's just because it's preseason, or maybe the coach just Monty Williams just hasn't seen the potential there for him to lead the team, but. Yeah, neither one of them, I think. This is a classic, um, you know, size, length, athleticism. They didn't even care about the player's talent as far as his potential. It was all his athleticism. And it's like, can we 
how many times are <laughs> we going to be burned yeah. that a player's athleticism has nothing to do with how great of a player? Now, are there yeah. great players that are athletic? Yes, but they're not great because they're athletic. They're yeah. great because they know how to play because basketball. Good. Yeah. It's just so dumb. <laughs> and yet people continue to sit here and harp on the athleticism and how long his arms are. Yeah. Okay, a couple more questions I had highlighted. Who is the best international player in the NBA? Uh, Luca was third with 7% Again, of the votes. Again, that's one vote, so Again, Donnie Nelson. Donnie Nelson. <laughs> but hey, you know. It's sticking up for his guy. Yeah. Uh, Giannis got 79% of the vote, which is, that's like mm-hmm. all of them. So, But, you know. Jokic can, got two. We can pretend that Luca's vote wasn't from Donnie Nelson, you know. I hope it was. <laughs> yeah. I don't want him voting for somebody else. Um, next. Okay, so then there were questions about coaching. Who is the best head coach in the NBA? Yeah, this one surprised me a lot. I was surprised Carlisle wasn't on there. And I don't know, you might be surprised I, to hear that since we want him to get fired every six months. That's true, but <laughs> that's just because of frustrated. <laughs> yeah. But he's not even on also receiving votes. Yeah, so I'll do the list. Um, starting with number one, Greg Popovich, no Eric argument. Spolstra, Mike Budenholzer, Steve Kerr, and then also receiving votes, Steve Clifford, Doc Rivers, Quinn Snyder. Respect to all, but... Except number two. Well, okay, Spolstra, he won, he's won some rings. Okay, with LeBron, Wade, and... And he has kept the Heat um, competitive. (laughs) Yeah, but they suck. It's like... but they always compete. They're always in the games. They're disciplined. They have a very yes to be, but to be number two, system. like Steve Clifford could say the same thing, I was, and he's not number two. It, yeah. Rick Carlisle does the same thing. Rick Carlisle does the same thing, which yeah. is what you could say. Like if Eric Spolstra, if Spolstra, Eric Spolstra, if Eric Spolstra is on the list for what he's done with his team, Rick I Carlisle think should Carlisle, be on there. Yeah. You know, and again, I'm going to want Carlisle fired in two months. So, I mean, we'll take this, you know, for what it is right now. But, yeah, I was surprised. In the meantime, he's our guy. We're going to defend him. I'm totally going to defend him. Um, Yes, I was surprised by that. But he did make the list for which head coach makes the best in-game adjustments. He was number one on that, 28% of the votes. Um, Brad Stevens, Quinn Snyder, Steve Clifford, Greg Popovich, and then Nick Nurse. I guess Quinn Snyder is a and Steve Clifford are better coaches than I thought. I I never thought really highly of either one, but the GMs apparently do. Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about what they've done in Utah once they lost Gordon Hayward, and still even good. even the time that he was there with Gordon Hayward, I think he was there for um, uh, Quinn Snyder's like first two years or something is when Hayward was there. Um, yeah, I mean, they rose to prominence during that time. Gordon Hayward left, and they were still competitive. Now they happen to draft Donovan Mitchell, but he's done a really good job with a team that I don't think anyone expected to be mm-hmm. as good as they were. So, yeah, I, w- I was a little surprised, but then when I thought about it, I was like, you know what, I, I can appreciate that. But, yeah, so Carlisle, number one. In-game adjustments, um, which is true. He is yeah. really good at that. Yeah, I guess I'm still thinking about things that he does that. Other than the posting up of Wes Wesley Matthews, Matthews, and we continue to do that. But. Well, I'm thinking about times like when um, the Mavs couldn't score. Maybe it was a close game, and they would go for extended periods without giving the ball to Dirk. Mm-hmm. You know, it, times like that, I think in game, there's some times when it's like, 
Dude, you're overcomplicating. Yeah, thing, yeah, is staring you in the face and he doesn't do it, or the the thing to to not do is what he does do. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe that's I'm I'm able to kind of like micro analyze it. Is that a word? Micro uh, overanalyze it. Yeah, there you go. Overanalyze it because we watch every game. But I mean, I will say he does make a ton of adjustments in games. I mean, he'll change lineups. He'll run like a five guard lineup out there. We're gonna spend the to. rest of this podcast talking about Rick Carlisle. I'm just I'm defending him earning this spot until tonight. Whenever we watch <laughs> posting up of he needs to be you fired, know yeah. Dorian Finney Smith. Is Finney Smith playing tonight? I don't know. It won't matter. We won't record- have any impact on the team's win. <laughs> we recorded loss. this segment before the game, so that's why I asked. Um, and then I think this no okay last couple questions I had highlighted. Oh, which active player will make the best head coach someday? Yes, randomly. Go ahead and do the list. So the list is Mike Conley, Chris the great Paul, Mike Mal- Conley. Malcolm Brogdon, and Rajon Rondo. Which So let's first talk about Rondo. Obviously, what? very smart, intelligent. I get all of that. But just as a person, I yeah. don't feel like he would make a great head coach. Likewise um, with Chris Paul. I don't think yeah. anybody likes Chris Paul. Like yeah. none of his none of his teammates. And why 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 Mike Conley? I because he's that kind of like cerebral sort of So is every point guard well, in the league. Like I, I mean, feel like JJ Perea is isn't. Yeah. Well, well ouch. <laughs> what a shot at Westbrook. Not that Westbrook is stupid. He's just he's not the kind of like analyze the game and slow it down and watch the pace yeah and who needs the i don't ball. know he's not that kind of player my Conley to be number one you well, know but who else would it be you know i would take jj i think jj is going to be a great yeah, coach I, I don't think anybody even thinks about yeah yet they think about jalen brunson well okay that's from donnie nelson <laughs> okay well then <laughs> vote why didn't he vote jj i guess he really thinks jalen is gonna be a, yeah i guess so you know. um okay which team has the most promising young core? I was surprised Dallas wasn't on here. The list yep. is, I mean, they're on oh the... Oh, my God, the Pelicans. They're on the also receiving votes, but okay, so again, that's probably one vote from Donnie Nelson. But the top five is Pelicans, Nuggets, Hawks, Kings, Sixers. I'm okay with Pelicans, Nuggets, Sixers. I'm not. Hawks and Kings. First of all, the Kings, who is their young core? I mean, it doesn't it's include Buddy, Fox, but it doesn't Buddy include Buddy Heald. Oh, well, okay. he's still on the team. Yeah, you know? but I mean, um, and then would that's you it. call that a core? Oh, uh, if they don't the, even want to offer him a decent contract? Marvin Bagley, the oh, okay. third. Marvin Bagley. So, okay, so again, but my so, point still stands. But they're saying basically that, well, because Atlanta has Trey Young and John Cam Collins. Reddish. But then, yeah, they also got Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. Luca and Porzingis. I mean, I know I'm a homer, but... I, but on. I mean, come on. This is Trey Young we're talking about here. Okay, so first he, of all, Luke is better than Trey Young. <laughs> okay, and then Porzingis. I think it. I think it's okay to take him okay. over. But we're we're John forgetting. Collins we're here. forgetting number one here. Okay. Oh, the Pelicans. <laughs> and 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 it's because people are considering Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Lonzo Ball sucks. You know, people. he fixed his shot. He sucks. Lonzo uh, Ball. I would rather it? have Dennis Smith Jr. Ouch. than Lonzo Ball on Ouch. my team. Lonzo Ball sucks. Okay, I want to. Okay, so can we can we move on from the Lonzo Ball and then and then Zion? Okay, so you're telling me, <laughs> you're telling me right now. 
that Zion Williamson, hold on, hold on, Zion and Lonzo Ball are better than Luka and Porzingi. I think it's more about Zion than Ball. And, and I think they're so taking that one guy is better than the two that we have. But I think he's not even better than the one. Zion, Ball, Ingram, uh, Josh Hart. Oh, because those guys were so good I mean, for the Lakers. The Lakers weren't they a championship team last year? <laughs> no, they didn't even make the freaking playoffs. Yeah, so. I mean Hart's going to be coming off the bench probably, so it doesn't count. But I think they're taking all of those players, but mostly Zion would be my guess. I can't wait. I mean, look, Zion might be a good player, and he might be the best in the league. I don't personally. I mean, I'm fine with being wrong about it. Just this is my prediction I, right now. I just, I it it's unfathom unfathomable <laughs> unfathomable no unfathomable. <laughs> I just I don't understand why and it's i think it's because yeah brandon ingram and lonzo ball with zion Zion, and i'm sorry i would rather have porzingis over having lonzo and ingram you know like it's just i don't know it it drives me insane so the the mavericks also received votes but again i'm guessing that's from donnie nelson yeah so yeah I, i was surprised that the mavs weren't higher up i just thought I don't know. Luca is rookie of the year. Porzingis was in the MVP conversation before he got mm-hmm. hurt, and maybe they're just—I mean, I get it. He tore his ACL and he hasn't played in two years, so it's, it could be that they're looking at it in that way, which is okay. Fair. But then look at what Ball has done. True. You yeah. know, like if we're gonna take or into that, consideration, if you want to talk past. about a question mark with Porzingis because of his injury history or whatever, well, Zion hasn't played an NBA game yet, so there's so you can't just, just as yeah. much murkiness there mm-hmm. as there is with Porzingis. Yeah, that that surprised me. Um I think that's the last question. And just oh. Sacramento, like so you're telling me Buddy Heald, De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley are going to be better than Luka and Porzingis? Yeah. I just I don't see it. I'm sorry. Um, you know. Okay, so speaking of Buddy Heald, um and this we might not get to all of our topics. Depends on how long we run, run, want to run. But speaking of Buddy Heald, so he um, his deal is expiring this summer. He's currently making less than $5 million, which is, I was... It's his rookie so, deal. Yeah, it's yeah. his rookie deal. I, for some reason, I, it just seemed like he'd been in the league for longer than that. Um, so he's making less than $5 million. He's up for an extension. He's not happy with what they offered him. He had was a, insulted by Yeah, he had a... There was a video that came out today where he was very honest and just... Yeah, I mean, he wasn't. I thought he spoke very, um, he fairly about it. Mm-hmm. He said, um, "Yeah, every guy goes out there and tries to earn a max contract. I mean, every guy wants a max contract, but not every guy and not every guy gets a max contract, and that's fair. Uh, you know, yeah, that's what I want, but I also understand maybe I'm not going to get it. I just want something that's not an insult. And of course, I'm like paraphrasing everything mm-hmm. he said." Um, he just, he said, I just want something that's not an insult. And so it sounds like maybe they won't be able to make that work. Now you said before we even get to, if the Mavericks could sign him, you said that it might not even come to that, to him being a free agent. Well, if they don't come to an agreement, he's going to be traded. There's no way they're going to just ride out the season. We'll see you, you know, and, and let them and walk. Let them, because they would get nothing. Yeah. yeah. So if, if they can't come to an agreement, then 
then they're just going to trade him. So I, I don't know if they will come to an agreement. I kind of understand where the Kings are coming from. I mean, last year was the first year he really had a breakout season. Like He averaged 20 points a game. He's a dead-eye three-point shooter, 43% or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But that's really his first year he's done that. But at the same time, at the 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 contract, like if Terry Rozier can get nineteen million a year, well, I'm just saying, yeah. But I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, like I think twenty two million a year for Buddy Hield is a is a little low, because especially in today's league where the premium is three point shooting and he's one of the yeah. best in the league, I feel like you have to pay him just for that one skill. Yeah, I, I mean, trading that. So if the Mavericks do want him, which is the reason why we're talking about this, if the Mavericks do want him, then a trade would be... It would have to be done via trade. Yeah, it'd have to be a trade because this coming summer, so going into next season, you know, not this coming season, but mm-hmm. going into next season, they have $107 million on the books. So they really wouldn't have enough to sign him. Now, no. Tim Hardaway Jr. has a player option for $19 million, So, I mean, like... If, opt in. If he opted out, then maybe it could work. But he's going to opt in, and so they they really couldn't sign him unless they were to like dump some guys. But if uh, the Kings wanted to trade him, then they could make that work. Yeah, except the Mavs. I mean, if somebody said the Mavs have their first round pick this year or a first round pick, I don't know where that came from. If they do, then obviously the first round pick. But what else? I mean, they're not going to want Jalen because they have De'Aaron Fox. So I think it would have to be a a third team would have to get involved or they would have to want somebody from the Mavs that, okay, you can have them. Like they want Maxi Kleba or something. Also, the money doesn't work with Jalen. He's only making 1.6 next year. Yeah. I mean, well, Tim Hardaway would have to be a part of the trade. Yeah. No matter what. And so a team is going to have to want Tim. And now maybe the Kings like that alternative. I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith. Nobody wants Dorian. We don't even want Dorian. I mean, if they hype him up enough. Yeah, well, that's all. I don't know. I think the the Kings may think, well, Tim Hardaway, yeah, we got to pay him the next two years, but then his contract comes off the books and whatever, he might be a nice alternative. It'll fit right into our system. Okay, we'll do that with the first-round pick and Udai Baba. Or something. Yeah. So they don't have they don't have Uday and Bob. I know it was a joke. Um, they don't have their first round pick this year, but they have some second round picks. It looks like. Yeah. So I, the Mavericks don't have really any trade chips to give to yeah. get anybody. So I don't think uh, they have it's a chance of getting a healed. Starter, no. but if they wanted healed, I th- it would obviously have to be a trade. And I mean, like you said, he's a dead eye shooter. Um, last year, he averaged almost twenty one points, five rebounds, two and a half assists. He shot forty three percent, a little less than forty three percent from the three point line. That's, but that's elite. It, yeah, especially how many threes per game did he shoot? Almost eight. Yeah. yeah. That's elite level three point yeah. shooting. Now to your point, the year before that he averaged thirteen and a yeah. half points. Now he, he had a know. breakout year. Yeah. And and his style, there's no I mean, obviously I think he'll continue to get better. Yeah. And he was a slow starter in college. Yeah. So I think he'll continue to be a good player. And I think the Kings need to pay him. And if they don't, then it's he's just gonna leave. So or yeah. they're gonna trade him. But then you know, he, he'll want to go to where, you know, 
he he's, won't get yeah he's gonna have yeah, to give a verbal value. commitment and all yeah. that crap yeah i mean he's always been a good three-point shooter last year well year before last i guess he shot 43 percent from the three-point line before that 42.8 percent wait no uh before that it was 37 percent total because that's when he got traded. And then his rookie year, he shot 39%. So, I mean, if nothing else, he's a good three-point shooter. I don't know. I mean, the Mavericks probably are not interested in him. It only... I kind they'd of have to be, though, with, with his three-point shooting I mean, ability. And- they'd have to be interest, interested enough to, like, scout him a little bit and explore it, see what the Kings would be willing to give. I don't know if they really want him, but I would be intrigued. Like, I would, I would look into it. And I'm sure they'll look at the analytics of his defense or the way he spaces the floor to see if if he would work but yeah it kinda, i perked up a little bit because i like buddy Heels. yeah I, my prediction is that the kings will come to their senses and and pay they can't afford to lose him like they've they've been and in who else are you gonna get yeah and they've they've been in this crap team for you know 20 years now ever since their glory days of losing to the lakers <laughs> and the refs you know, they Mostly haven't been the a very refs. good team. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, another player that was on our, um, in our sites, Bradley yeah, Beal. That um, one's gone. Sad day. Let's, we'll pour one out for Bradley Beal. Yeah. Uh, he signed a two-year, $72 million maximum contract extension. Yeah. I don't know what the Wizards are doing. I mean. Yeah. They're, they have. So what? it's a hold. On, let me finish. Okay. It includes a player option. So the total is four years. It will keep yeah. him for four years. This um, year, two more, and, and then, then a the player option. Yeah. Yeah. So four years, hundred thirty million. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. Like, not that the Beal is not a great player. I think he is, and he's an all star. But they have so much money on John Wall and Bradley Beal, and they just haven't won with yeah. those guys. So it's like, why? Why are you paying? Literally. $300 million or something on these two guys, and they can't even win you a playoff series. Yeah. I get it. You, you don't want to lose them, but you may just, you know, accept uh, that these guys aren't going to get you over the top and, and try again with a rebuild. Yeah. I mean, you know, they got Bradley Beal and John Wall. Uh, but I that mean, means nothing. John Wall, okay. Yeah. The, the, the thing with John Wall is while he was injured – the league changed. True. Yeah. So he has, if you can't shoot a three as a point guard, I mean, look at Rondo. I mean, he's not even really in the league anymore. But it's the Lakers. Yeah, but he's not <laughs> I mean, the that's... starter. Like, he's coming off the bench. Yeah. You know, so it's, uh, and the Lakers signed <laughs> anybody that would sign with them because they didn't have any money. True. I mean, I will say, so the Wizards, they have a lot of money tied up this season. But next summer, they have a lot of money coming off the books. Um, Jan Mahimi, his contract expires. CJ Miles, he's making 8.7. He comes off the books. Davis Bertans, he comes off. Isaiah Thomas, Justin Anderson. So they have a lot of money coming off the books. Those They still have $100 million locked up. Plus, mm-hmm. they're keeping everything open for the big summer where everyone thinks they're going to sign Giannis. <laughs> so, like, literally every team thinks they're going to yeah. sign Giannis. So... I mean, I, I hope that uh, I wish that Giannis would sign an extension the moment be, it's available. Yeah, just, just so we can it. just move on because you can't even enjoy an NBA season anymore because as soon as a player is on his final year, 
that's all they talk about is where's he going to play next? Yeah. Where's he going to? It's like I would it just like problems. Yeah, just just sign and move on, and then nobody can be you know. Then we can just enjoy an NBA game. Yeah. So I that's a I guess that's kind of the end of the Bradley Beal thing. You know, he's not a free yeah. agent. I think this is the team. You know, going forward until next year, unless something happens. Um, at the trade deadline, but the Mavericks don't have any pieces. Yeah. Well, so Donnie Nelson said in a recent interview that this is their plan. They're going to, they have picks, I guess they're going <laughs> to use what they have and then, you know, try to get a solid pick. It's a deep draft and then they'll have their cap space. And so he didn't necessarily say they're going to go after the big guys. Obviously they will, but there's a lot of free agents available that they can go after to try to get better. And I think that's the goal. And like we say that every year, the goal is just to get better every year. Like you don't have to sign a superstar player, especially now since you have Luca and Porzingis. But if you do miss out Porzingis. on if you do miss out on that guy, don't just give up and mail it in. Like there's plenty of solid talent out there that can make the team better. And so I hope that with that cap space that's what they'll do, that they'll just go after the solid role players that will make the team better. You mean like Boyan Bogdanovich and Malcolm <laughs> Brogdon and all those and guys? That, Beverly, and, yeah. yeah, we just let this them is, go. This is for another conversation that will probably include a lot of screaming <laughs> next summer. But, you know, we'll, uh, we'll enjoy what they have for now, and it's going to be exciting. The season is finally here. Um, I'm excited. We got to go to a preseason game, and it was just... It was great. You saw flashes of what they could be and it was just it was so exciting so i'm excited for the season thank you guys for for listening through the off season in our in our first season when we start all the way back in january thank you for your support for following for subscribing for following us on twitter um leave a rating that helps others find us and it really helps us to know what we're doing well or what we can do better um but that's it for this episode. Thanks, guys, for listening. We really appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Sydney Myers. You can follow the show on Twitter at uh, Dallas Hoopscast. And you can listen to new episodes and read exclusive articles at DallasHoopscast.com. Uh, that's a website. Just FYI. Uh, that's it for the show. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.